Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are up to episode 204, the Pride episode. And before we get started, um, as I'm watching this episode, and I don't want to be that person who makes it about me or makes it about straight people or allies or whatever, but as I watch this episode and I look at Pride and I see people celebrated or just the hurdles that would prevent people from celebrating mm-hmm. i just i just want to be a better ally to to my friends and my family and even just strangers um who belong to the lgbtq plus community and so i don't know all of how that is how it's supposed to look or what all i'm supposed to do but i don't know it just as i was watching it it just stirred that in me i mean it looks exactly the way you just said it i mean you even voicing that that's giving the support, you know, knowing that we're not alone and that we have people behind us from all different walks, you know, and yeah. that's what all that matters. And that's what Pride is representing. That, you know, we're happy to be here and we welcome anyone to stand with us. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just the way you just said it is exactly how it looks. It's perfect. OK, we well, I'm you. standing alongside. Thank I love you. you guys. We love you, too. <laughs> OK, so let's jump into the episode. Uh, Like I said, this is a Pride episode. So at the beginning, that's what we see. There's a banner telling us that Pride Fest is, you know, this is Pittsburgh's Pride Fest Mm -hmm. coming up. And so our gang is walking down the street and they are all excited and they're telling Justin because this is going to be his first Pride. That's a big deal. Yeah. And so they're telling him what to expect, Uh (laughs) you know, and he's, he's giddy. He's excited. He's looking forward to this. And then. One of them asks, well, are you sure you're up for it? And Brian answers for him. He's like, he's up for it. And I like that because it's just a little small thing that Brian knows the journey that Justin has had in recovering from the bashing. Because pre-bashing, that wouldn't have even been a question if Justin's ready for it. Mm -hmm. But post-bashing, we're dealing with a slightly different Justin. And, you know, last episode, just walking down the street alone Mm -hmm. was a huge struggle, a huge challenge. And so that's why it was appropriate that they asked him that question. But Brian's like... No, he's ready. He's got this. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you keep babying the hurt side, you're going to when you when you actually actually recovered, you're still going to have that limp. So he's just ripping that Band-Aid off. You're yeah. Like, yes, you're ready. It's time to mm-hmm. get back out. But there, yeah, like know? mentally, he's ready. Emotionally, yeah. he's ready for this. This is going to be mm-hmm. a good thing it is. for him. And I like that he's yeah, he's not babying him, but he's recognizing the growth and encouraging yeah. him. It's like in that. he's pushing him out of the nest. Yeah. You've grown. Uh, so they walk into the diner and Debbie has bought out the rainbow section at Target and Walmart Girl, and every other department store, the big queue. She has befriended some type of the gay fairy, okay? Yeah. Because it's glitter and sparkles to everything, there the whole are, rainbow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the whole rainbow exploded up in the diner. And oh, Debbie's boy. so proud of herself. So then the gang is sitting at the table uh, talking and. Well, as the, and they're continuing to talk about about pride in their own experiences. And Emmett mentions uh, Godiva and um, Justin's like, well, who's Godiva? And Debbie's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. It was like when you hear when someone's talking and they say something wrong and the record. Just, yeah. Like, who's Godiva? That, yeah. Like, and she's like, it's time for some gay history 101, which, <laughs> you know, I like that in the context of this episode, but also in a larger context, because there are a lot of younger people in the younger yep. generations who don't know a lot of history and don't mm-hmm. know a lot of these pillars of the community yeah. and the of big movements like like Stonewall mm-hmm. or, or or the first pride mm-hmm. or some of these other things that have come before. And so I like just there's that line. I know here it's in reference to Godiva, but I like it on a grander scale yeah. also. Mm-hmm. It's so true though. Okay. So Emmett starts by telling Justin that when he moved there from Mississippi, like he didn't know anybody. He was kind of just young lost boy. And Godiva came up to him and took him under his wing. She introduced him to his first pride, took right. him to his first pride. Mm-hmm. And so she was very much that that guide for him, that welcoming uh, presence, that welcoming mm-hmm. person. She for was him. definitely mother. Yeah. She was mother. <laughs> she took him under the wings, you know, got him together and got his little, you know, gay fashions together and took him to the pride. And I mean, Emmett really wouldn't be Emmett if it wasn't for the motherings of Miss Godiva. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. Just to be the person to to welcome him in because he had just left his family at this point. So that was the first kind of touch point that he had mm-hmm. there when he got to Pittsburgh. Um, and we also find out that Michael has never gone to Pride, which is a little bit surprising. You would think that Debbie has, you know, <laughs> you would put think a drug him along. <laughs> as much as he's in Babylon, okay, uh-huh. as much as he's at Woody's and he follows Brian around like a little puppy. 
His mom is a huge activist. You know, yeah. all of his friends and his, I mean, every circle involves being around Liberty Avenue. You would think that he definitely would have attended at least one Pride. Yeah. But, I mean, that we'll dig deeper into him a little <laughs> bit later because the reason why he's not going, I, I'm highly upset. But. <laughs> okay, so before we get there, uh, Brian makes the comment, because I guess they said something about Brian. Like, well, you don't really go for the parade part. Like, that's not how you celebrate Pride. And Brian says, well, we all have our ways of celebrating. Some take to the streets. And then Ted comes in and says, and other people take it to the sheets. And I love that Brian looks at him like, how dare you steal my punchline? That part, okay. <laughs> and like, you take it to the sheets, Ted. Yeah, that part. You know what? But it, it, I was so happy that he said it. And Ted enjoyed every moment of stealing oh, that punchline. Oh, yeah, line. he loves it. He and did. you know, I like how... It's it's slow and subtle, but I like how things are sort of shifting with Brian and Ted's mm-hmm. friendship also, or their relationship also, because in season one, a lot of it, Ted is jealous and he's angry because, at least in the beginning, you know, Ted had that thing for Michael, mm-hmm. but all of Michael's time and attention and focus was, was on Brian. Brian, and Ted felt like Brian was squandering that. Like, right. you have the thing that I want, the person that I want wants you. And you're just, you don't even care. You're yeah. wasting it away. Mm-hmm. But once Ted was able to let that go, and I think was able to maybe step back and see, okay, maybe it's not exactly what I thought it was between right. the two of them, then that's allowed him to kind of release some of that mm-hmm. hatred and envy toward Brian. Yes. And throughout season one, we, we caught little glimpses of just those two having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It was short and quick, but it was a lot of, lot of, lot of going on in those little scenes. Yeah. The banter back and forth. I mean... Ted is just as witty as Brian, you know? Yeah, and he that, like, back so intellectually, quick. that yeah. intellectual wit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, like, seriously. they're very much right there. Yeah. And so, to me, sometimes it almost makes more sense for them to be friends yeah. because of that. They are. They're just opposites when it comes down to the cool factor. You yeah. know, different types of cool, <laughs> you know? Like, they're just two different types. But, they, like you said, intellectually, when it comes to that wit, that quick wit, they're, they, they're both on the same level with it. Yeah. And to see them go back and forth now, you can just, you could see it, you know, this friendship growing. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, so, as they were talking, Debbie walks up and she hears this. And, you know, of course, they make the reference to Michael not going. And then uh, I think Brian says something about he's sure that Debbie would want her son to come with her. And then Debbie says, well... Yeah, but I'm not a manipulative, guilt-slinging mother. And she, like, puts on the waterworks. She did it, girl. She did it. I love Debbie. You know, she yeah. she is the best. She's always going to get her way. She's going to come through. That was perfect the way she did it. I was over here in tears, yeah. crying, laughing. And, yeah, so Michael orders the, you know, the pride parade without that, the tears. That was perfect. Oh, my God. So, at this point, Michael's going to go. He's like, fine, okay. I'm tired of everybody riding me about it. I'm going to go. Fine, whatever. So then we go over to Melanie's office, and she and Lindsay are there enjoying a, some afternoon delight. <laughs> yes, I love them. I do. I love every scene with them. Yeah. I, love, I love that they're in love again. You can mm-hmm. feel the love. It's so natural. Yeah, it's like Susan's been rejuvenated yeah, with them, you know, in their relationship. And uh, they're being young. She's in the office just making out, door unlocked. Anybody could have mm-hmm. came into that office door, <laughs> and they were, go- they were getting hot and heavy. Yeah. Lots of kisses. Uh, well, and then... They have to, you know, stop all the playtime and do some serious stuff. They've got to do legal documents because mm. they're going to tie themselves to each other. So they've got to redo their will, their power of attorney documents, all this other stuff, your know, insurance and the guardianship mm-hmm. of Gus. And so they have to do all this paperwork. And then you start thinking about that. And it's like some just a straight up marriage <laughs> seems a little bit easier than yeah. what all they have to go to go through to be, I guess, to enjoy like the legal protections that. A heterosexual couple Correct. would be married. So it just really made me appreciate that. You know, the the links that they have to go through to get that same benefit. Yeah, it's that almost sense. like it's they put you through so much work just to get it done. It'll make you want to say, forget it. Like, I don't want to do it. You know, like you got to do all this extra stuff, you know, just to have, you know, the same type of rights. But I got to do tr- twice the work. Like, yeah. no, like <laughs> why? Like, it's like they have to go through all those things to prove that they're married when for a straight couple just having this big ceremony, this big party mm-hmm. is proof that That's you're married. It. And so, yeah, it was just very interesting to think yeah. about it from mm. from that lens. Uh, but they are interrupted by Mel's next appointment. <laughs> and this lady walks in and Melanie runs to her, jumps up on her, legs wrapped around her. <laughs> I mean, I was blown away. I couldn't have been... I, for one, just don't come to my office and then 
you just run and, and jump on some girl. And not only jump on some girl, y'all like full on kissing. Yeah. Like, and we've never seen uh, Melanie respond to anybody with that much excitement. No, not even Lindsay. I was almost she. convinced she hates most human beings. Yes, that's for real. Uh, seriously. She don't even react to Lindsay like that. Right. Or Gus. I mean, she don't react to no one. Yeah. Like that. This girl was happy. She had saw Santa Claus and he had her favorite doll. <laughs> she was over there. Okay. She was full sprint. Yeah. Over there, not playing around. Yeah, I was so dead. that was Lita that we met there, and clearly male got a type. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Lita, Lita Lindsay, you know, tall, blonde. Mm. Yeah. Um, and Lindsay is sitting there in the office, and she is uh, looking a little bit out of sorts about this. She's not quite sure how to feel about that. Uh, so then we go over, and Brian is at work, and he's with a client, and this client is the owner of poolside coolers and he's saying we need to double our market share we took a hit you know this is really important we really need this product to sell we had it on the market and it's not doing well we need to change that and uh so he's trying to pressure brian into hey you really need to give me a good pitch and you know basically trying to make it look like brian's one who needs to deliver not like he's the one who's in an emergency situation because his products aren't selling (laughs) uh yeah and that's why i love that brian checked his ass brian let me know off the rip like (laughs) Uh, I know what your business is looking yeah, like. Yeah, okay? I know you got a shareholders meeting coming up. Yeah, like what you're not going to do is try to come for me because you know what? You don't bite the hand to feed you. You need me. Exactly. And he laid it <laughs> flat out. Yeah. Okay? So when that meeting is over, Brian is talking with Cynthia and we find out that Clayton Poole, who's the client's name, he hates gays. Big <laughs> homophobe. Um, so that's an interesting little twist and on that. How can you own a business? But don't even want to sell it to everybody. Right. That's ridiculous to mm-hmm. me. That's like so You're stupid. limiting your profit potential. That part. Okay. <laughs> then we are over at Melanie and Lindsay's house, and they are on the porch talking. Melanie, Lindsay, and Lita has joined them. And just look look at Melanie's change of clothes. Like, she's got on a tank top and some jeans. Jeans are rolled up. She looks just like Lita. Like, they're both in black yeah. tank tops. <laughs> and just her posture alone. The yeah. way she's sitting, she never looks so relaxed. Yeah, she's sitting over there. She's over there with her. Like, Lindsay's on the other side yeah. and is dressed you know, in stark contrast to them, mm-hmm. her posture's in stark contrast mm-hmm. to them. And they are just kind of retelling some of their their past stories and uh, about riding topless and flirting with cops <laughs> to get out of a ticket mm-hmm. and just all this stuff. And so we find out Mel kind of had a little bit of a wild life before yeah. she settled into this thing with Lindsay. Yeah, I don't even know how that even happened because from the stories that Lita's over here telling, she was a whole thought out here in these streets. <laughs> Okay, you like think this. everybody's a thought. You know, maybe, you know, <laughs> just a little bit. If you got a little bit, of, I mean, like Emmett said, you know what I'm saying? Be an honest one. That's true. You know? <laughs> I'm an honest. Um, but it's clear that Lindsay is uncomfortable and she even looks a little unsure. Like she's kind of folding in on herself, which last episode we made a comment that she looked more, more comfortable, more confident in herself. And then, you know, when she was there at, I think the GLC and she had on the tube top and she was just you know kind of out and about. Mm-hmm. And here she's starting to kind of fold in on herself. You, right. can, you can see that because she's a little bit, well, it looks like she's threatened by Lita is mm-hmm. what it looks like is, um, is happening. I just feel like she's looking at a, a new male. Like, who is this person? Like, who, who, who are you? Mm-hmm. I, I'm learning so many things about you that I didn't even know. And right. you acting so different right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm giving you the side eye. Yeah. I'm looking. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, well, we kind of, Mel is almost like, a, or she was, like a female Brian is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that's what female it sounds version like. Of Brian, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe Lindsay has long. a type. Maybe she was I, like that. That part, Lindsay got a type too. <laughs> yeah, so then at the Big Q, Tracy is there with Michael, and they are talking about pride. And it's just a nice change to see that he can talk openly and honestly with mm-hmm. her now as opposed to what they had in, in season one. Michael says that he is going to go this year. It'll, it'll be his first year to go. And she tells him that a group of their coworkers are going also. Mm-hmm. Now, Tracy is not going with any malicious intent or to like point and laugh at people. Because mm-hmm. she Tracy's cool like that. So yeah. she's not going to do anything. <laughs> anything no, like that. I love her. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. But we find out from the other coworkers that's not the case. Like they're, they call it the pansy parade. <laughs> and they're going to go check out the freaks. And of course, Andrew is like going to be the first oh, one. I can't stand Andrew. <laughs> Let's put him in the same box that we put Craig in, please. <laughs> yeah, let's put him in there and bury it. Bury it. Yep, <laughs> yeah. and then drop it in the ocean. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, even, like, Michael is all distracted when he finds out that the coworkers are coming to Pride because he's decided he's going. 
And so he's not paying attention. And the guy backs the truck up into the, the loading dock. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew's like, oh, that's going to cost you Novotny. And then the other guy's <laughs> like, it's barely even a scratch. It's like, <laughs> like, like, chill, cost him bro. what? Yeah. Take a chill pill. Take several seats. Hush. Okay. Yeah. God. So basically, we don't like Andrew. No. Then we go over and we find Melanie and Lita in the garage. And Melanie has a nice little bike in there that's been collecting dust all this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lita's just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's just been sitting here. And you just see something. It's almost like something in Mel is being uncovered. Yeah. You know, this thing that was buried in her, some side mm-hmm. of her mm-hmm. is also being uncovered. And they're knocking the dust off of that, too, you know. And Lindsay walks in and sees this as they're having a conversation about Lita's telling Melanie, well, how about you come ride ride with me in my group? And Mel is like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can do that. But you can tell she really wants she to do did, that. Yeah. You know? Well, Lindsay walks in as this conversation is happening and she tells her, well, we're right. We're no, we're marching with the marriage initiative mm-hmm. because that's where we are in life now. We're not doing the bikes thing anymore. Right. <laughs> you know? uh, but you just see that conflict on Melanie's face, but also on Lindsay's face. What I do like about this, though, because me personally, uh, Lita ass would have had to have gone. You know what I'm saying? You would, <laughs> don't come over here no more, okay? Because yeah. Mel would have went to the bathroom. I would have slid up on her. <clears throat> Listen, Miss Lita, okay? What you're not going to do is come up here and disrupt this, okay? I've been running this for six years. You a nobody. Don't come here. Beat your feet. Be gone. You know what I'm saying? Let the door hit you with a good lord. Split you. Gone. Keep it pushing. Yeah. That's why we would have took that, okay? Because she was really rolling up there all comfortable, like, several times. Too comfortable. Yeah. Like, just too comfortable. And she making remarks like this disrespectful, I feel, you know? Yeah. Talking about, you know, oh, y'all really going to get married? Like, what? what's next? You going to get married? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, girl. What, you single out here in these streets? What's wrong? What's up? You jealous? <laughs> yeah. All right. That doesn't look good on you. You're too yeah. pretty of a woman to be jealous now. Let's shut up. Yeah. And I get it. But the other thing is like, okay, Melanie's life has moved on. Don't make her feel bad because her life true. has moved on. You know? That is true. And I don't know. Like, they leave it a little fuzzy as to exactly what Lita's motives are. Right. And I like that. But it's just, yeah. But what I will say, what I do like about Lita, though, because I, I didn't have to get the first part, but the second part is, I do what I do like about Lita being there, though. Clearly, you can tell that this relationship has gone for six years. Yeah. So, it's gotten a little dusty, just like the bike. You right. Know? Lita is forcing um, Lindsay to see a different side, you know? Right. So, maybe it's going to spice something up. And, yes, I know they're in love because they just kind of came back together from their little whole little thing going on last season. But, um, you know, you still fall back into those same routines. You right. Know? And you got to keep it spicy. You know, you do. So, it's, I, I like that it's actually stirring up some emotion between the both of them. We never seen right. Mel this happy, and we also never seen Lindsay this shook. You know, normally <laughs> right. it's Melanie. Right, shook, Melanie so. has had to deal with Lindsay and Brian's yeah. whole friendship thing, uh-huh. you know, all this time, and so it is interesting to now see Lindsay having to deal with Melanie having a relationship. Yeah, yeah, that that she's threatened by, mm-hmm. whether she should be or not, she's threatened by it. But I do think, it, going back to your point, I do think it's good for Lindsay to see this side of Melanie, but also for Melanie to remember that it's there. Right. Because sometimes we can say, oh, well, that was me in my younger years, or I used to do that, I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's still a part of you sometimes. It is. And so maybe not, you're not going to live 100% of your life over there, but there are certain things from that that you can bring yep. into this new phase of life also. Absolutely. So then we finally get to Babylon, because what's a Pride episode without a scene, <laughs> at least one scene, at Babylon? Yes. And there are rainbows everywhere in bright colors. They do not disappoint. No, they do not, okay? <laughs> I'm just looking for the pot of gold up there on stage, okay? <laughs> well, it could be beside Ted, who's standing there with his little tiny flag, Happy Pride. How's it going? <laughs> oh, my God. He would have the smallest flag, too. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Ted. Okay, if you're going to be there and wave a flag, go get the biggest one and be proud and get you a man, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so also, while this is going on, Brian brought samples of the client's products of Poolside, the wine coolers, and they all think they're gross, except for Emmett, who <laughs> thinks it's fruity and refreshing. So. Mm-hmm. So breeze, baby. Yeah. And so Brian's getting, you know, the wheels are turning for how he's going to market and push this product. Uh, you know, Emmett and Babylon have helped him out a little bit. That part. Okay. And doesn't he do it? <laughs> but we'll come back to that. So Ted is striking out. His little his little um pickup line there is not working. And he says, you know, he wants to experience some of that sexual freedom that they're all celebrating during during Pride Weekend. And um then we see this hot guy who gives him the eye. 
and then comes over to him and then gives him the invite. True. <laughs> Damn, he was so hot. Damn near killed Todd. Uh, um, Ted. <laughs> yeah, he was Damn choking near killed on, him. Like on his peanuts. Literally choking on nuts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Had him choking on his own nuts. Well, Brian said, well, that's because you used to, <laughs> you just suck. You used not to suck on them, not, not chew them. Okay. Like God. But yes, he was yeah. hot. So we get we get to meet Troy. Yeah. But then Emmett and Michael go out to the dance floor and Uncle Vic comes over. And finds Emmett, and he tells Emmett that Godiva has passed away. That she Uncle died. Vic is wrong for that. <laughs> he wrong for that. You do not seek me out at the club. Yeah. Okay. To tell me that you know Godiva died when you know that I'm. You see me having a good time trying to get my pride on. Call me in the morning if you saw me in the day. If I was over in the corner looking sad. Then, you know what I'm saying? Come over. T- Let's get out of here. I got to tell you something. Yeah. But don't come up to me on the dance floor. I'm shaking my thing out there, getting it. <laughs> and you come up to me. I'm smiling and jumping. It's Godiva. Yeah. Well, I don't like, know. I guess he thought maybe Emmett would, would want to know right when it happened. Maybe he would be upset if he didn't know right at that moment. I mean, there's nothing he can do, but maybe he just thought. Emmett would want to know right up front. I mean, I understand yeah. why he did it, but I mean, God, I, I would have <laughs> That looked. does kill the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah. Know, so that's I'm sad news. Yeah. yeah. Sad news that Godiva has, has died, especially knowing what a special place she had in, in Emmett's heart. And here's what I want to say about, about Godiva. Um, so I think in the beginning when they're at the diner, we see a quick little picture of Godiva, but I was kind of hoping that we would get to at some point see her in this episode, mm-hmm. even like a flashback or just, I don't know, you know, something in some way like that. But I actually think it's good that they didn't show it because then that, by doing it that way, Godiva becomes kind of a representation of, of any way of any, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of any kind of fairy godmother drag queen type who, who was that for some younger gay mm-hmm. who did welcome them in and who guided them. And no, oh, yeah. Cause they left it blank. Like it's to your imagination. Because the way that I envisioned her, I know it's probably totally different from from the way that you envisioned her as well, you know? So I love that they left it open as well, you know, for her to be, you know, anything, your creation, you know? Right. Whatever says, I don't know, I guess, invitation and comfort and reassurance to you, whatever that image looks like, this fierce, proud drag queen, whatever that looks like. Yeah, that's what it could be for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Ted is, um, back at his apartment and he is having his best pride ever with Troy. (laughs) And when they are done, Ted asks if Troy, if he's hungry or he gives him his business card. He's like, okay, yeah, well, maybe we can go to the, this is Ted saying, maybe we can go to the parade tomorrow. And Troy's like, yeah, okay. uh Uh-huh. And then he just gets up and leaves. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's an awkward exchange. Yeah. Like, it'd be I mean, one thing if they were in the back room at Babylon, but they were like at Ted's yeah. apartment. Like you at my apartment, you just got all of me. <laughs> I mean, he he's sweaty. I mean, just yeah. everything. I mean, legs over the shoulder. I mean, y'all just did the do. Well, and I I mean, I guess hookup rules are different, but I don't know. It just seemed abrupt. Well, he, he sought him out, though. Like, you came to me. I was chilling. Yeah, that's so, true. So, I mean... Like, no, it'd be different if I came to you and convinced you to come over to my place or whatever the case, and then you wanted to leave without no talking and stuff. But you came to me. We went to my place. And, and uh, come on now. And, and then he didn't even hit it from the back. He looked at him in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, don't look at me and stare into my eyes. And then just after you, you come, you don't even say nothing. He didn't even wipe up. Okay? No. Like, he just put on his underwear. He just put on his boxes and, and just was gone and was rude. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It was all just very sudden, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So over at the loft, Brian is doing a photo shoot with a dancer from Babylon because he found some inspiration there. And so the guys there posing with different pool toys. That's uh, that's Brian's idea. He's like, I know how I can market this. Put a hot guy on the bottle, make the gays buy it. <laughs> no, for real. I love that idea. Yeah. It was two birds, one stone. He killed that. Right. Night, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm going to sell your product, but you also going to respect this gay community. You that's right. Yeah. You, all the things you've been saying, you about to eat all those words right now in this moment. And he mm-hmm. did that. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, of course, in true Brian fashion, after work, it's time for play. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, w- I wouldn't have to play. I'm surprised I didn't play during the shoot, okay? The boy was bad, okay? That boy was dangerous. Was well, not... while you were looking at that, I was just noticing Brian's camera skills. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> so... mm. all I saw was Lucky Green. That Lucky Green. <laughs> that boy was beautiful, yeah. okay? Um, so over um at some little center, the B-Flag group has assembled, and they are making banners and signs for, you know, their little part in the parade. 
and Justin is there and he's working on a poster and he's, you know, using um, a paintbrush, but he's having to hold his right hand to do it. But we see progress. And you mm-hmm. imagine like how that was something that was so easy for him. And you think about the type of poster that he could have created before right. all of this. And now just to be able to write letters is an accomplishment for mm-hmm. him. But but he's doing it and he's proud with with his progress. And so Vic makes a comment and tells him, oh, you know, it's great. It looks mm-hmm. it looks wonderful. And he says, Brian's been helping me with my exercises. And of course, Michael's got to make some sexual innuendo about, <laughs> about that. But Brian has been working with him on his exercises. Yeah, no, he has. Brian has really been there. I mean, he just him again, an example, stepping up when they asked. Yeah. Um, was he ready for that? And he stepped, yes, he's ready. I mean, that's Brian being there for him. Brian mm-hmm. really has. He stepped up to the plate. I mean, hands down, I'm bowing to Mr. Kenny. <laughs> like, I am. Um, yeah, and so Justin's very excited about his first pride, and Vic says that he remembers his first pride and how, you know, remembers Stonewall, and there's so much that we could explore through through Vic, you know, because he was there at the start of a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff, you know, when pride was nothing like what it is now, you know, True. uh, and where it was a, a huge risk to, to be at pride, um, to put yourself out there in that way, but Vic tells him that he was there. And he says, you know, there might have been 25 people there that first time. And so it's just a small nugget of Gay History 101 that we get from Vic. But I appreciate it. Yeah. I like what he said, too. Like, if you think coming out was tough, you should have tried it back then, you know. Right. Like, the struggles that they went through, the fight they went through, just so we could have our simple rights now. You Mm -hmm. know, like, they laid that groundwork. So Debbie comes over to where... Michael, Vic, and Justin are, and she already knows Michael's not coming. She can just feel it coming off of him that he's not coming. She's like, you don't even have to say anything. I know you're not coming. Mm -hmm. And Michael says, well, it's easy for you. You have nothing to lose. And that's kind of a good point because, you know, Debbie says, well, I'm the next best thing and I'm proud of it. And I, and I get that, but it's like me saying, well, I'm going to pride. What's the problem? I want you, but I get to go back to quote unquote normal society. I don't risk anything by going out there, you know? And so, I understand what Michael is saying when he makes that comment to her. Yeah, no, I, I understand it too. But at the same time, he has to be brave, though. She she wants him to stand up and be proud of himself. I feel like she's always been pushing him to be proud his whole life, and he has never. He always felt like, oh, I don't have a dad, so woe is me, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I can't ever get a man. Oh, woe is me, you know? Oh, I just work at the Big Q. Woe is me. Every, he's never been just happy or just proud about anything. I mean, just from my, that's my opinion. I, yeah. I don't know what everybody else is thinking, but I just, that's my, from me. And she just wants to stand up. She does way more advocating, way more fighting than he actually does. And she, like he said, he said, she's not even gay, which I feel is hurtful because she does so much good work for that community. She's not gay, but don't discredit her, you yeah. know, but um, on, on that part. But I understand where he came, where, where he's coming from, because he does have a lot to lose. But at the same time, you have to live your truth. It's, mm-hmm. You know, like you have to live your best life yeah. and I, live yeah. for you. I can see where it's frustrating for Debbie, who feels like I've done everything to make this comfortable for you, to make it easy for you. Now, true, she still doesn't have to live it and deal with it. But I get that tension. You know, I can see both sides of it. I can see right. what you're saying. But yeah, I can see both yeah. sides of it. So Michael marches out, which imagine that Michael even in a huff. But anyway, Debbie turns to Justin and she says, you better be marching. And he's like, oh, yeah, I am. She wasn't playing. She put that. I'm going to grab my belt and the switch if you ain't there. That was serious. Yeah. So we go over to the loft and we see Lindsay is there because she's having relationship problems. So, of course, she goes to Brian to talk to him about that. And she's worried about Lita and Brian says, oh, so Lita lives up to the legend because I guess they've heard about right. Mel's ex Lita mm-hmm. over the years or whatever. So he has a vague awareness of who she is. And as Lindsay's pacing and like, oh, she looks like this and da da da, you know, and Brian starts kind of poking at her. But I think he's doing it because he's trying to get her out of that self-loathing. Like right. stop questioning yourself, quit being down on yourself. And he's also trying to distract her. And it works. You know, he says she's got stretch marks. And yeah. <laughs> she's all stretched out because she had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows exactly what yeah, they're saying. Like, yeah. And it chemistry. works. I mean, mm-hmm. they they fall into a little tickle fight on the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because he knows exactly what to say. And she gets him back by making an age joke. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, she did. Because cute, the little cutie model came by. Yeah. And Brian had to pay him for the shoot. Yeah, which this brings up another point to me. So this was after Brian did the photo shoot with the guy and after they had their little playtime. 
And then Lindsay has arrived. And I'm like, nobody ever calls first. Or Brian is just like, okay, come whenever. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, they can be caught doing anything. No one calls. But also, they didn't have the luxury of cell phones. And maybe, they, well, I guess there was pay phones on every corner. She was at home. Yeah, she was at home. You're right. Yeah, they had cell phones. Yeah. Oh, they did. You're right. They had cell phones. They sure did. The point is, they just roll up in the loft they all the do. time. They do. All the time. God. And a lot of times, you know, he don't even have the door locked. Like, yeah. Damn, and Michael just come in. <laughs> like, boy, that key was for emergency only. All right? Like, don't, yeah. don't, don't do that. Uh, so, as the, the guy is leaving, the model is leaving, Lindsay, like I said, makes an age joke to Brian. She's like, oh, you're paying for it now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, well, at your age, I guess you might have to or something like that. <laughs> and uh, Brian is telling her, well, you know, Poolside has just become Pool Boy, telling her that's going to be the model for this campaign pitch I'm doing with this client. And then Lindsay's like, do you know who that guy is? You know, he's a homophobe. And she's kind of questioning Brian, like, why would you be working for him? Why would you accept him mm-hmm. as, a, as a client? But she just didn't understand the concept. She, I mean, I understand. I'm so proud of Brian. I understand what he was doing. I understand why they're questioning him. But the main scale was he's literally going to promote. He's going to make everything he said in the past look so um, ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, you I'm going to make you need the very thing you hate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, doing. seriously. Yeah. And that's what it, and he made him make a, do, uh, a donation to the same organization that Lindsay's associated with. So right. it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so then we see Emmett and Justin, and they are cleaning out Godiva's room at the hospice center. And, um, you know, Emmett's just having a really hard time with this. And they see her dress there that Emmett had delivered that she was going to wear for Pride. And Justin says, well, you know, you could go as her, basically. You can, as a tribute, you can go mm-hmm. as Godiva. And Emmett says, well, no, you know, I couldn't feel her wig or her, or her bra or her shoes. Um, and then he just asked Justin to give him a moment to just kind of sit there, I guess, with her memory and with her right. things and, you know, just to say goodbye in his own way. And as Justin is leaving, he sees Chris Hobbs. Did we have to resurrect him? I know, girl. Like, we should not be giving him any more light. Like, yeah. at all. I thought we were done with his ass. Mm-hmm. Okay, after that court scene, like, I don't ever want to see him again. Ugh. Yeah. And so Justin's like, what are you doing here? And he says that he's doing his community service. I'm like, what idiot? Put the person who was guilty of committing a hate crime, even if that's not what they would have called it at that point. He's guilty of committing a hate crime. You put him in the to work with the community that he he committed a hate crime against a, a person who was gay and you put him in the gay community. In the gay community. What sense does that make? It doesn't. You know, it's like they're, they're setting him up for failure. Right. Know? I mean, it makes makes no sense. Or it could be punishment. Like, OK, you wanted to attack these um, these people. You're going to be over here with these people. You have to serve them. And I get, yeah. I understand where that's coming from. I'm just like, I still think that's a terrible idea. Very terrible. Because he's nothing, not learning shit. Yeah, you don't evil. have him in any type of like anger management course or yeah. diversity training or sensitivity training. You just nothing. threw him over there. Just threw him over there. Yeah. Mm. Um. But anyway, and he also kind of like. He like jumps, jumps at, at Justin, mm-hmm. you know. And Justin has a little bit of a setback with that. You know, he flashes back to seeing him in the in the parking garage. Right. And yeah, so he has a little bit of a setback there. Um, well, he shouldn't be lunging anyway. You physically assaulted me. We went to court. You could have went to jail for a very long time. Yeah. Your, your whole life could have been ruined. And you still have the, the nerve to lunge at me? Well, and not only that, he says, what, you got AIDS? You know, what are you doing here? You got AIDS? You will soon enough. You know, it's just like... He's disgusting. Yeah. Okay, that's just a disgusting human being. You are a period. horrible human being. Yeah. You're horrible. Uh, anywho. So, <laughs> um, over at Melanie and Lindsay's, Melanie has polished her bike up. She's put some gas in there. She cranks it and blows dust all over that's Lindsay. That's what she's wrong <laughs> Right in that. her face. Right in her face. I mean, all that dust. Yeah. I mean, she ch- <laughs> She should have been choking for, for days. Yeah, and it was just, yeah, it's just a great little the you know, symbol of what all is going on with the two of them Seriously right now. Though, like yeah. Blowing the dust off of things. Yeah. And so they kind of get into a little bit of an of an argument there because now Melanie, like we said, has kind of be re- been rejuvenated mm-hmm. and rediscovered this part of herself. And so she's excited. And not I think yes about Lita being there, but not just that. It's I used to be this person and I enjoy this. I love riding my bike and I love feeling free yeah. and feeling powerful on top of my bike and things like that. And it's just a reminder of a different time, a different mm-hmm. side of her. And Lindsay's like, well, I thought we were doing this because we're moms now. We're getting married and we're, you mm-hmm. know. 
And instead of staying there and dealing with that, Melanie just like cranks up the bike and drives off. I'm like, Melanie. At least she put a helmet on. But she, <laughs> she did put a helmet on. She didn't even strap it up, though, so it ain't going to do no good. <laughs> and when she pulled out of some driveway and don't even look both ways, you know. She uh, yeah, she was being example. very reckless in yeah. more ways than one. Yeah, that part. Okay. Because, again, Lita ass could not have been <laughs> at my house like that. You know what? Don't bring your skank back over here because she cannot come. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're gonna be you gonna be over that hotel with her. <laughs> Melanie has some she jumped on this girl and wrapped her legs around her. She really did. I mean, at her office with her, yeah. That's a whole ex. With you don't do Lizzie that. there, yeah. No, you don't do that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh my god. Well anyway, sorry y'all. And you know, I get passionate. <laughs> I get passionate. So back over at Woody's, Ted Ted is telling Brian and Emmett about his experience with Troy. He's like Oh, yeah, it was great. We had a good time. You know, we're supposed to talk later. And Brian's like, okay, well, go on over there. Go talk to him. Brian's so messy. <laughs> he is very messy, but we don't know he's being messy at this point. Um, so then Emmett doesn't really feel like celebrating since Godiva is is gone. He's like, this should be a time of mourning. There's nothing for me to celebrate right now. And I get that he feels it's disrespectful to celebrate when you know, someone who you feel like was a pillar in your community, or at least to you, they're very important to you. Mm-hmm. They, they've they passed on. And so what we're seeing kind of a theme in this episode is there are obstacles to pride. So I had the opportunity to speak with Michael McLennan, who was one of the writers in this episode. And that's what he pointed out to me was, um, you know, if you're going to celebrate pride, it's usually in response or in opposition to an opposing feeling. So mm-hmm. shame or uh remorse or guilt or whatever you know so a lot of them are dealing with something like that like for Emmett it's like I want to celebrate this thing but how can I when this person who was so important to me and so important in my life as a gay man has passed away when someone has gone on before me you know Mm -hmm. how can I celebrate and then it's a little bit the same with Michael who's dealing with his own shame right from being in the closet you know but and as we go on, we'll see more of that with some of the other characters. But I just thought that's a really good way to look at it. If you need to celebrate the fact that I'm proud, you have to think about what's motivating you to celebrate that. What's why are you needing to emphasize that? So true. God, that was really good. That yeah, really, really good um, look onto things. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like that was wow. So then Ted goes over to Troy, who barely even remembers him, <laughs> and he was like, basically, you were my good deed for the year, <laughs> and so I I find some, you know poor pitiful sap and i give him me uh and, and then so you get conceited. to keep it he as a souvenir himself, he calls himself the best fuck yeah uh, you know what i'm saying like and don't do me no favors troy for okay? real i don't need you to do no <laughs> i mean you fine and you got 10 inches you know but you still me but don't do me no favors because I, I ain't needed that, that's how i would have been yeah you know? And we saw troy in season one he was one of the guys that brian had in the locker room or the showers at the gym i remember that oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. i'm gonna to go back and look <laughs> troy i'm coming but anyway <laughs> but anyway um so that is uh brutal and he's a jerk and i don't care how attractive you are that's a jerk move no, it was yeah he's a straight douchebag like yeah. that was terrible of him i mean no that's not a good deed that's a terrible deed like yeah. what is wrong with you and then just to to be so so cocky about it, just the way he said it and his yeah. whole demeanor, it was just... It was like, it you was, should be proud. What are you upset about? What are you confused about? Why are you looking hurt? Like Yeah, like, uh, boy, get the... Boy. It was just so rude. Yeah. Very rude. And I, I, I said, poor Ted. Like, mm-hmm. he always gets a short end of the stick. Well, this time he had the long end I of mean, the stick. I mean, he got the stick. But, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't good enough, okay? Um, okay, so then we go to the loft and Michael is walking Brian in because uh, Brian's had a you know a little bit to drink and Brian is telling him about pool boy and Michael is kind of calling him out on representing this client who mm-hmm. is a known homophobe, same as what Lindsay did. And so they kind of have this little, they're about to get into it, but then Justin comes out and he says, I saw him and he tells him he saw Chris Hobbs. And Brian sobers immediately. That's what I loved. Yeah. How he just came to, and it goes back to that that new Brian, the nurturing Brian. He literally had to be carried into the door. Right. But as soon as Justin came out and said he saw Chris, like you said, he immediately sobers up. He was there. He was alert. He was ready in in defense. Like, he was so ready to defend Justin. Yeah. He's like, what do you need? And then Brian asks him, well, did he do anything? Like, did he do anything to you? 
And Justin tells them, when you know, hopes I get AIDS or whatever. Right. Uh, and then Brian comes over to him and just holds him because he, I'm sure, can imagine what that would have been like mm-hmm. for Justin, how shocking that would have been for Justin. And he tells him to forget it. He's like, just forget about it and get some sleep. And I know he's trying to soothe him and comfort him. But again, I brought this up, I think, last episode or maybe the one before. He doesn't really give him an opportunity to talk about it. Mm-hmm. He just... Because this is how Brian copes by saying, forget about it. Don't think about it. We're Just move on. You yeah. sleep. You've got a big day tomorrow. It's pride. We've got something to look forward to. But he really doesn't give him an opportunity to talk about it or deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's not doing that on purpose. It's just, that's how that's he how handles he things. It. Yeah. But it may not be healthy for everybody else. Right. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and then Justin says, well, I'm not going because what do I have to be proud of? You know, because I got bashed and didn't die. And Brian's kind of taken aback a little bit. <laughs> and and Michael says to Brian, how dare you tell him that he has to go when you're going to yeah, support this homophobe? Exactly. Like, you should be ashamed of that. You know, how you, dare you tell him to be proud yeah. when you're doing something you should be ashamed of? But then Brian tells him, well, you should be ashamed because you're not even go going to go march with your mom. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't even be yourself and be truthful. So, I mean, again, I was tired of Michael because <clears throat> Brian telling him that he needed to go to Pride that's helping him. Right now, Justin is trying to retreat. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not making a decision not to go because he just doesn't want to go. He was excited about going. he's been excited this yeah. whole episode. He was excited about going. And then him running into this douchebag, Chris, you know, just has his whole spirits down. Don't encourage that, Michael. Michael just wants somebody else to be in that pity party with him, you know? No, don't encourage, encourage him to stay home. You should encourage him to be just as brave as he's always been. Before this attack, like you said, it was no question that Justin yeah, was going to be gonna there. Yeah, he was going to be there. Yeah, I mean, off the top, off the rip. On you the know first float. Gonna, yeah, that part, okay? <laughs> Shirt off, everything. Um, But yeah, so I'm glad um, Brian responded to Michael exactly what he should. You know, yeah. He, he did. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about them all having different hurdles or obstacles with mm-hmm. them being proud, you know, because... You know, in a way you could say, well, yeah, Brian, what you're doing, you're you're a sellout. You know, you're just doing this to make money because he does make a comment that if he gets this $50,000 bonus for helping this client meet their their goal, he can pay off his lock. Mm-hmm. And so you can say you're just self-interested. You're just doing this for yourself. Um, and so he's like, well, you're just you're, you're being selfish. You're not being pr- proud. You're being selfish. Right. But then, Michael, you are just hiding, yeah. <laughs> you know, basically is what Brian is saying to him. So. Anyway, they all have these little things, and I, I love how they, it's all related, but it's all from different lenses, from different angles, uh-huh. all of them, and how they are interacting with with pride. Yeah. So true. So then we see Lindsay, and she is looking like a quintessential soccer mom here. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a different set of wheels, a, a stroller with yes, a baby in it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, She's while Melanie's on her bike, she got a different set of wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lita comes over and again, Lita, <laughs> she's rolling up over here, but I think Lita's just living her life. But she Girl, comes Lita. over, <laughs> she comes over and Lindsay's like, well, Melanie's not here. She's already gone, you know, on her bike to meet up with everybody. And they have this moment and then it's kind of tense, definitely on Lindsay's side, a little bit less on Lita's side, but, and it's clear that Lindsay is jealous because she, she says, I don't remember seeing her with that light in her eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and so she's mad because those memories, be they because of Lita or just because of what Lita has stirred up, those memories have put that light there. And so Lindsay is feeling a little jealous and insecure right. and left behind because of that. I mean, and that's understandable mm-hmm. because like I said, she's feeling like she doesn't know who this person is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said originally, I love that, you know, Lita stirred this kind of energy. She stirred this conversation up. And their conversation ended with a light bulb going off, right? You know, on Lindsay's head. So I mean, I think it needed to happen, and I'm glad that they were able to converse a little bit and kind of get to know each other. I mean, the things, as much as I want to dislike Lita, I mean, it's not her fault, right? You know? It's not her fault that Mel had this, you know, new life, this rejuvenation uh, that we've been talking about. So it's really not her. Um, but Lindsay needed to let Mel go through that process naturally, or it was never going to work anyway. Right. And also, Lindsay needed to open up to that, too. Yes, you're going to be married. Yes, well, you're a mom. But yes, you're a mom, mean... but you don't have to yeah. not have fun uh-huh. and not take advantage of some of these opportunities to just let your hair down and true. get a little wild. True, true, true. I mean, <laughs> you know? No and so one... it is good that yeah. Lita kind of came by and it shook a few things up for them. I just didn't like her delivery. The way she was a little <laughs> condescending and just a little bit like, 
looking well, she could have been a little bit more life. respectful of what they had even yeah. if it's not for you she could have been a little bit more respectful for where mel is in her yeah, life she right didn't now do that. yeah but i do i do like i like lita though overall mm-hmm. kind of uh. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see emmett michael and ted and they're in emmett and michael's apartment and they are playing scrabble rather than attending parade uh, the pride parade and Ted teaches us a new word, uh, cockatoo, but not the bird. No, <laughs> it's the action when you would have more than one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like we talked about, they all have their reasons why they they're not there. And for Ted at this point, it's because his feelings are hurt, and maybe he's been a little embarrassed about what happened with um with Troy, mm-hmm. and so he's got his own shame tied to that. While he doesn't want want to go. Michael knows his coworkers are going to be there. We know that even though he's out with his friends and with his family, he's not out, just like out, out. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. And part of me wants to jump all over Michael about this, but I think about this from, so like you and I have a good friend who in his own life is out, but to us who've known him for many years, right. has never come out to us, right. you know? true. Um, And then also I think about, some of my friends who came out a little later in life and I'm like, well, why didn't they tell me before? I would have still been their friend. Like I would have loved mm-hmm. them. I was a total safe place for them, you know, but it has to be their journey and it in their is. timing. And so even though it seems ridiculous, it's like you're 30 and you live in a gay community, everybody around you, like all your friends are gay. What's the problem? What's the big deal? It has to be when in his timing. Ready. Yeah. When, when he's ready are truly ready. You know, you're ready. Yeah. And like, that's, that varies won't. from person to person. So true. Some people are never ready. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people are truly never ready. They will always stay, you know, half in, half out. Yeah. I mean, that's you know to their own discretion. So. Yeah. So I'm gonna give Michael a little bit of space here, even though I don't see understand it. Like it's not my journey; it's his, and so mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him a little space there. Um, but Emmett's kind of had enough of his uh, whining, and he says, "You need to be brave, Michael." He he sees Godiva's dress there, and he's like, "Hmm, I got an idea." Yeah. And then Michael's like, "No, I'm not doing that." And I love this line. Emmett says that Godiva told him it takes more courage to wear a dress for an hour than it does to wear a suit for a lifetime. That part. And that is so amazing. So we just want to give some love and respect to the queens out there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, because that line is so it's true, so not just for true. Godiva, but for on a larger scale. Yeah. It takes a lot of confidence. A lot. It's hard enough just being gay. Right. But to actually be a drag queen mm-hmm. and, and, you know, go walk out there with that confidence that it, it takes to be a drag queen. Mm-hmm. You have to be confident. Yeah. So, I mean, like, big ups to y'all. Yeah. For sure. Love and respect to the queens Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. <laughs> but it looks like they convinced Michael to maybe do it. We don't know. Uh, They're yeah. trying. They're trying to convince Girl, Michael him. ain't going to do it. <laughs> Uh, so then over at Woody's, Mr. Poole shows up, and this is Brian's client, and he looks like a fish out of water. I mean, he looks like he's about to have a heart attack. Oh, I love every minute of it. I'm <laughs> yes. eating it up. Eating it up. Uh, so Brian has invited him there to see the full pitch, you know? And the guy would rather his company go bankrupt than serve these gay people, he said, you know? He's so ignorant. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's so ignorant. And I'm glad Brian said, well, I don't think your your shareholders would love to, you know, hear that right. you Right, yeah, you can talk community. a big game, but you know you need these people. Yep. so <laughs> bring me my coins. Let's talk for real. Yep. And he also, like you mentioned earlier, he gets some money for the gay marriage initiative. He gets this guy to donate yep. some money there. And so Brian supports things in his own way. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go put on that marriage initiative shirt that Lindsay had right, on. Right. He's not going to say... He believes in marriage. And he's not going to walk. And he's not going to march in some parade. Right. But, but he found his happen. own way that mm-hmm. lets him still be true to what his principles are. You know, what his code is. And still support. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so then we finally get to the Pride Parade. And it is in full swing. It's lit. Yeah. I want to go to that parade. Like, that was the best <laughs> Pride ever. It was hella lit. I am looking forward to going to my first Pride this year. We're I'm going, y'all. I've already yeah. called it. We are going. We, y'all be on doing the lookout our journey for us. We don't know what city we're going to be in yet, but be on the lookout for us. And it's always around my birthday time, too, so it's going to be a real turn yeah. up. Okay? Real turn up. <laughs> um, so we find out that just, Justin is there, and he didn't want to come. And he's like, I told you I didn't want to be here, is what he tells Brian. And Brian says, well, you're here. You're queer. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, you just make the most of it. 
And Justin's like, well, what's the point? And then Brian tells them, we're making sure Chris Hobbs doesn't win. And I absolutely love that. And that's so important and so true. Like, I can think about, okay, this pales in comparison. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but it's the only way that I can try to make my point. Uh, I had a a really bad accident, Mm -hmm. road accident in my vehicle. And my mom, she came to town. And that day she said, okay, get in my car and let's go drive down that road. Because she wanted me to immediately conquer that because Mm -hmm. she didn't want that to be this fear that was always in me. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, pales in comparison, but it's that same kind of thing. Right. Where he's like, I don't want that to cripple you and set you all the way back to where you were. Right. Like, I want you to keep conquering things. So true. I mean, just like you, it was so powerful. And and just that little sentence, so much power within Mm -hmm. those words. So, yeah. And it hit Justin. He felt that. He did. Yeah. He knows that this is important for Justin's growth and recovery. So then he tells him to go and march with his mom while he goes over to meddle with Ted. Uh, and that's when we find out that Brian knew all along who Troy was. That's why he's so messy. <laughs> he could have saved, but you know what? That's payback for you jumping in. <clears throat> you still on, on his punchline. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, Brian's going to get the last word. Yeah, okay? he man. Is. He could have saved all that despair, you know? He could have yeah. saved it. He all he knows all about Troy's annual pity fucks. Yeah. Okay. He, like he um, well it is that's what he that's what he called them. Yeah, that is what he calls them. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, I knew that's what that was. And Ted's kind of upset, but then to kind of even things out, Brian gives him a, a pickup line. <laughs> he did. He, I mean, I mean, low key though. I mean, he's trying to give him confidence. You know, if, yeah. if somebody told me. I'm going to rip off your clothes and have you sit on my nine-inch dick. I mean, uh, excuse me? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a catcher, you know? Yeah, I mean, it definitely will get somebody's attention. Off. Yeah. Come here. Well, Come here. I don't know why you're saying it like... Uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> so, I mean... It's a monster on a video game, but... <laughs> Whatever. Do not confirm my, my little... My my my, is that deep, your, yeah. my my that's my suave voice. Okay, that's what you call that. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, go, I'm gonna go, let go. you uh, continue with that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but really, that's Ted's issue. He lacks confidence. Yeah. Ted is a handsome man. He is. He just lacks confidence to go with it. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad he has a good group of people around him because they're gonna always build him up. It may not be yeah. the time when he needs it, but or hell, in the way that he yeah, might like yeah. it. But that's yeah. But they mm-hmm. are yeah. Brian definitely like. He ain't gonna deliver it in the way you want it. No, but he's gonna get you, he gonna get you together. Though. Yeah, but he's gonna give you some truth. Uh, and so right when Brian finds the, his man, the man that he wants, his boy is delivered to him by Lindsay. She's like, "All right, you're on dad duty now." Yo, she was right on time with that, and I loved it because I was like, "Oh my gosh, she looked beautiful." Then I was like, "Did she change clothes?" She did. She turned in that that uh, soccer mom fit. And came out looking fit. Okay, she did. Hair looking good. She had the nice shades on. I mean, vibrant colors. She was bright. It was like she was so young. You could see the light in her eyes. Yeah. You know? Something, a little switch went on for her. And I loved it. I was like, you know what? She, if you what, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. yeah. And she did. I loved it. She did. She says, you know, this mama needs to take a ride with her mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Melanie loves it when she comes over. She's like, I love riding with you. And this is good because you have to have moments like this in mm-hmm. your relationship like like they've been together for six years and you've got to like you say keep it spicy but also yep. stay true to yourself like mm-hmm. don't bury the things about yourself that once brought you joy and made you happy figure out how to make that work in your relationship so maybe not every day you know maybe not every saturday mel's not gonna take her bike out but here's an opportunity they have to do it so let's both enjoy so it true uh so then we also see the p flag group coming through in the parade and i love this little scene very quick and very simple with jennifer and justin and you just think about how far they have come mm-hmm. as mother and son she's and walking in the parade yeah i know going like, from having him at a counselor yeah. to see like what's really going on with my son uh, to now she's yeah walking in the parade i mean standing there and she's yeah. proud mm-hmm. that's what she proud. tells him i'm proud of you Justin, and then I love his response. I'm proud of you too. No, they you both. Know? They both. That you that you kept other. fighting, that you hung in mm-hmm. there, that you loved me, that you tried to understand, and the things you didn't understand, you just accepted anyway. Like I love that little scene with the two of them. So true. And then we see uh, some slim little legs and a shiny dress. 
And as the camera goes up, we see that it is Michael Novotny. I am here for it because Michael looked gorgeous, okay? You know, he really did look good for a woman. Yeah, he did. He should definitely rethink being a drag queen because he, he did that. You know, I, I he guess could host, got he could host King of Babylon night. He at, sure you know? could. Yep, that's another check for you, <laughs> yeah. Michael. You don't have that promotion no more, so that's another that's check. That's right. Another he sure could. Uh, yeah, I thought he looked great. Well, Debbie sees him and at first she doesn't recognize him, but when she did, she is, she, when she does, she is ecstatic. <laughs> mm -hmm. I thought she was going to fall over for a minute. Yeah. And you know, when I first saw this, or maybe not when I first saw it, maybe I read some comments somewhere and a lot of people kind of rag on Michael for showing up in this way, showing up as a, as a, as a drag queen and not as himself. And like, because he's hiding him face, right? Because face. he's still hiding himself. But I asked Michael McClennan again, the writer asked him about that too. And he just a small little part of what he said was, you know, he wasn't really there to, he wasn't really ready to be there fully, but this allowed him to be there in some way. Yeah. And, and so, allowed him to be there for his mom. Yeah. And so what I kind of said to him, it was like, yeah, sometimes you have to meet people where they're at, mm -hmm. you know? And so he was able to be there. I think Michael said his body was able to be there without actually him right. having to be there. And so that's where he's at right now. And so you can laugh at him and make fun of him for that or call him a coward or a wimp. But that's where he was, you know. Right. True. And so you just got to kind of take that. <laughs> so Michael goes over to his coworkers. He spots them in the crowd there. And he walks up to Andrew. <laughs> and uh, kisses him square on the lips. I hollered. Okay. Yeah. He, this is the most confidence we ever seen Michael have. Yeah. And he he wasn't even worried about being busted, you know, at all. Right. They could have easily picked up on his um on his voice, you know. And if you look deep into his eyes, you can see that was Michael in the but eyes. But they wouldn't have know? been expecting no. that to be Michael. Right, so it was a right. great cover. It was. But, I mean, I thought he went over there and did the thing. And, yes, I think Andrew deserved <laughs> All of that. Yes, kiss. and he, he was shooketh. Yes, shooketh. <laughs> After okay. that. And Tracy, I, I do believe Tracy knew that was Michael. She knew exactly mm -hmm. what was up. <laughs> and, you know, he deserved it. I mean, God. Yeah. And now you can't say shit. You're going to be the laughing stock when we get back to right. work. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, so then we go back to Woody's. We spend a lot of time at Woody's in this episode. So over at Woody's, Ted is practicing his pickup line. Okay, I'm going to rip your clothes off. <laughs> Poor Ted. Yeah. And Emma's like, what? He <laughs> was shocked. Like, what? What did yeah. you say? Well, then another guy overhears it, and it ends up working in Ted's favor. <laughs> it's not a confident delivery, and he and the guy accidentally hears Ted say it, but it works in his favor. But the dude is so Ted. He says the exact, happy pride. Yeah. How are you doing? Exactly <laughs> yeah, what Ted was saying. They're meant to be. He's yeah. the new Blake. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, so then we see Brian and Justin at the bar, and... Brian says, oh, I can't wait till Pride is over so we can all go back to being ashamed. But really, he's just pouting because he didn't get to hook up with anybody because he was on babysitting duty. <laughs> True. And Justin calls him out on it. Absolutely. <laughs> because, of course, he does. This is Justin. It's not too late because there are some guys scoping Brian because, of course, there are guys scoping Brian. <laughs> Justin tells him it's not too late. Um, you know, go grab yourself a stud. And... Justin's leaving and Brian's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm leaving you to your wicked ways. You know, basically I'm going home. Like I came out. It was a good night. I'm just going to go home now. And, and I love that about Justin. Like Justin was just like, do your thing, baby. Like, you know, I, he knows the understanding. You know, right. so like, He knows what the rules are with them. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't try to change him up. He doesn't try to push anything else onto Brian. You know, yeah. he recognizes exactly what it is. Yeah. And so he goes out and he says, you know, go find a stud and ask him to dance. And so Justin leaves and Brian kind of looks back at what his options are. And then we just see him standing there at the bar. And so as Justin walks outside and is walking down the street, someone comes up to him and kind of grabs his hand and pulls him around. And it's and Brian. And asking if they want to dance. He says, hey, stud, want to dance? And I promise we both almost just cried. Yo, I mean, I'm, I probably popped your arm hard as hell. You did. Okay, I'm sorry. I was about to cry like. I am so impressed. Yeah. You know, like, I don't even know what words to use to describe what I feel for Brian Kenny. Yeah. You know, like, this man has done a full 180 for me right now. The old Brian would have been in there in the back room of Woody's, because uh -huh. I'm pretty sure they all got a little back room or something. You know, he would have been doing In the something. bathroom. Yeah, yeah, wherever, doing something. He made it a point to come out. And then the way he embraced him, it wasn't like a pity dance or, or, or right. any of that. Or this is a friendship dance. None of that bullshit he gives to Michael. This was a true, like, I'm looking in your eyes. I care for you. I'm going to the, the embrace. I mean, 
he has made a total effort. Like right. that is relationship. Just call it what it is. Y'all are together. Stop playing with me. <laughs> and they know they, well, they're together. He says, I promise you. Well, because Justin's like, what are you doing? And then Brian says, I promise you won't forget this one. And it's like you said, like, he knows how this was a struggle for, for Justin to be here, you know, dealing with, after seeing Chris Hobbs and having that setback and this pride not going the way that it would have gone had Justin not have had to deal with all this crap, you right. know? And so he knows what that experience was supposed to be, but he didn't want him to go home with just a mediocre night. Like True. he wanted to still make it special for him, just like he did with the prom. You wanted to he make did. it special for him. And he is just, He's prioritizing him. He's putting him and his concerns and his feelings and his needs first. And season one, Brian would he not would have never, have, definitely not in those early episodes, would not have done that. He was trying to run from it. He was like, How yeah. are you finding me? I have a stalker. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Well, and I love this. Da- I love the prom dance too, but I love this dance because this one is theirs. This one is on their territory in mm-hmm. their community. With with people that are like them who embrace them and welcome them, yeah, and I just love it. Like, and this is going to be the one that Justin remembers because we still don't know that ju- if Justin remembers the other one. I'm going to say I, my personal opinion is that he doesn't. But uh, this one is uh, he makes a point. It's like, you're gonna I want this one. You'll remember. I mm-hmm. promise you'll remember this one. And it's just it's just everything, <laughs> you know. As Chiki Tita is playing, which is a great classic yes. song, and. You know, just the way that they they dance with each other. I mean, they kiss and the way they look at each other. And it's just this moment between the two. As everything else is going on around them, this is something just between the two of them. Then you get a dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because the song ends and another song starts up and we see Michael through a little break in the crowds. And so Brian goes over to get him. But just... You know, this is that on the was back. Sweet too, though. It was. That it was really sweet. was. Because on the backside of last episode, when Michael was feeling left out or like he didn't know his place anymore, and so Brian made a point to go over there and get him and bring him over. And it's like, you're still my friend too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Um, and we also see Emmett. Emmett is standing there on a porch, and a queen comes over to him and asks him to dance. True. <laughs> so. And I just love that the scene ended with everyone just happy and right. dancing. Right, everyone celebrating, despite celebrating. the obstacles that they've all mm-hmm. had to go through, not just in this episode, but in life, finding enough to be proud of. I mean, my thing, I think the moral of this episode was nothing's ever going to be perfect. You know, there's right. always going to be obstacles in your way, but it's how you overcome those obstacle obstacles. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I got that. <laughs> um, no, but it's how you overcome those. and um. And how you how you weather them and make them you know work for you. Yeah, you know? and we we find the things to celebrate. You, you do. Know? You find we're them. gonna deal with a lot of stupid in the world. A lot of things that are unfair. A lot of things are just hurtful and they're just part of natural life, like death. You know, but we're still gonna find things to celebrate. Yeah, to be proud of. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that. I love the way that was done in this episode. That it wasn't just about parties and sex and drinking and and drugs which is fine if that's what your pride is that's totally fine but i love that this one showed that deeper element Mm -hmm. to it you know showed us all those things that can that can be challenges or opposition that you rise above and you say no i'm standing proud absolutely absolutely it was a great episode all in all like i loved it it was very um informative as well i i just i really really loved it. it had some really good topics in it and um yeah. Well, how would you rate this episode? Where, where, where is that? I'm giving it a ten. <laughs> yes. No, seriously, I give it a ten. I absolutely well. love this episode. It is just so dear to me for mm-hmm. many reasons. I love this episode, and I really see it different looking at it. You know, because like I said before, the way I thought about Michael when I first saw this episode, and then just some other little things in there that I didn't really let let them sit with me, and didn't really appreciate the heaviness or the weight of them. You know, with Ted, I mean, there's some humor to his storyline, but I, but that's very hurtful, too. That's embarrassing. Right. That's hurtful. Mm-hmm. And Emmett losing a person who was very, um, who entered his life at a time when he was very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, those are very serious and real things. And so being able to sit with this episode and just truly take in what all the people are dealing with. Like I said, the little moment with Jennifer. Um, I love that little yeah. moment with Jennifer. That was, mm-hmm. that was so much. Because you know how I love Jennifer anyway. So Yes, we love her. But even... Melanie and Lindsay and seeing them seeing where they are in their relationship and them getting a different storyline. Like, I love this episode. Yeah, no, it was good. It was it was really, really good. And I love how they gave Uncle Vic a big a presence in this one as well, too. Yeah. Um, but let me just retouch back on the Michael thing before we wrap up. 
I I definitely I didn't see it the way you saw the whole Michael thing at first. But after hearing your side of the opinion, you're right. We can't force him, you know, or rush him to to come out. When he's ready, he's ready. I was more of like the Brian standpoint from season one when Brian was like, yo, you know how he actually, you know, blasted him to Tracy in the first place, you know, right. kind of just wanted him to come out, like stand out. But he's not ready. We can't force him to be. So you're right. And I'm happy that he did finally decide to come to Pride. But he came in the, in the way terms, that he was comfortable. Yeah, with. it came yeah. in the way that he needed to come, you know, so I mean, it was it was great. Because right. that might be relatable to more people than we realize. There may be people who come to Pride, but they stay in their car, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or, or or something like that. They stay on the outskirts because they, they're not quite ready to be front and center yet. And so maybe this speaks to other people that we're not aware of. No, I can definitely get it. When I was first coming out, I wouldn't dare walk the strip. I was afraid if I ran into somebody, how would I explain it? Not thinking, why the hell are they even on the strip? Right. You know? like. <laughs> But so I would drive the strip, but I would never stop. Like, I mean, I would never stop. Mm-hmm. I would literally just drive there and I would hope that I could see somebody that saw me. Drive. I would have my windows down and my music playing and maybe somebody would yell out to me and then I'll be able to pull over and just talk to him. But I wouldn't have to get out and go anywhere. Right. You know? Like, I didn't want to be. You had an excuse in yeah. case somebody you knew saw you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I wasn't trapped in a place eating or, or doing something, you know. So yeah, I I I've, I actually understand exactly where he's coming from, and I can't believe I didn't see it that way in the beginning. Maybe because I've been so free now, yeah, it's hard to look it's hard back, to go on back. How, yeah, mm-hmm. how I used to be. Yeah, you know? like I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also a benefit of breaking these episodes down like this, like scene mm-hmm. by scene, and really looking and sitting with it. Because there might be a time where I make a comment at the start of an episode, but by the time we get to the end of it, after you and I have talked back and right. back and forth as we're recording. Where I'm like, oh, okay, well, now I think this. And right, so, right. Yeah. But I love that, too, because it's so much more than just, and we've said this before, definitely in our first, some of our first episodes, it's so much more than just taking this show in for entertainment. It really gives you a lot to think about. It does. It, it sure does. It really does. Well, guys, I hope y'all and enjoyed this episode as much as we did. I mean, like we said before, it was a lot going on in here. It was funny. I mean, just so many different storylines that um, we haven't explored yet. So, I mean, it was definitely a good story in this one um, for sure. So I hope you guys liked it. Um, leave us comments. Like we always say, get interactive with us, share uh, as well. And we just want to say thank you for always listening and being loyal. And until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.